0: In the Civil Rights Act of 1968, America does move forward, and the bell of freedom rings out a little louder. This is A Little Louder, a podcast for wonks, housers, and rabble-rousers, where we talk about fair housing, community development, and how we can use these issues to build people power and work toward equity and justice. I'm John Henneberger. Our homes are one of the most important things in our lives, yet too many Texans live with a chronic long-term housing affordability crisis. Most people don't understand the causes of their housing problems and don't have a say in public policies that determine who gets access to a good home and who doesn't. At Texas Housers, we're focused on helping folks whose grip on a home is tenuous to understand how housing policy is made and how they can speak out and have an impact. One of the ways we do this is through our Texas Houser Academy. I'm joined today on A Little Louder by Texas Houser Educator Riley Metcalf, who facilitates the Texas Houser Academy. Welcome,
1: Riley. Thanks, John. I'm happy to be on to talk about the Hauser Academy.
0: Raleigh, well, start us off by talking a little bit about your background. Where, where do you come from to do this work?
1: Sure. So I've, I come from a kind of a mix of educational and professional backgrounds to get here. I went to graduate school for urban planning, and then I worked as a city planner for the cities of Bernie and San Antonio for a couple of years. But wound up not really finding that very fulfilling. I left that to become a high school teacher. I was a high school social studies teacher for three years. And during that time, I was also pretty heavily involved in union organizing union activity. And I wound up leaving teaching this year, as did a lot of teachers. As I left uh, this job opening happened to be around and it, it felt like a good mix of all my backgrounds, Uh, the planning background, especially when I was in school. For planning my focus was housing, my public housing specifically. My experience with union organizing and with teaching also, as this this job is a lot of education with the Hauser Academy as well.
0: You facilitate the Texas Hauser Academy. Give us a little introduction and tell us what is the Texas Hauser Academy and what's its objective.
1: The Hauser Academy is a program run by Texas Housers that brings together housing leaders, advocates from across Texas to receive base level training, to get a kind of a knowledge base to build on. And then more importantly, to bring them together for collaboration, collaborative learning, and to work towards common goals. So this is not the first year it's been done. It it changes a little bit from year to year but this year we're focusing on tenant advocacy.
0: When we thought about how to make change in housing policy to have more progressive, more good outcomes for low-income people to impact public policy, we looked at the civil rights movement for lessons and inspiration. And one of the precursors of the civil rights movement from the 1930s through the early 1960s was an educational institution in Appalachia called the Highlander School. It was a kind of a community education center that was originally underwritten by union organizers to train people who were organizing around the mines in Appalachia and the exploitation of the workers there. Into the 1950s and 60s, it became a center for civil rights and how civil rights could be advanced. And its model was essentially that people who are movement leaders, grassroots folks, people who are suffering from the injustice that exists really fundamentally have the knowledge, the experience that is needed to form a movement and to lead a movement. But it helps to have an environment where people can come together and explore how to implement that, how to carry that out. And to also bring in some professionals from the outside to teach people some skills that people may not have learned in the course of their lives, like how to write uh, a newsletter, skills about community organizing, skills about strategic planning around political change and the like. The Highlander School, we did a lot of reading at Texas Housers about this, and we thought to ourselves, that's in essence kind of what's missing in this state With regards to support for low-income tenants, low-income neighborhood activists, people of color who are struggling with discrimination in housing, if they're ever going to impact policy, uh, we really need to step back and provide them with a place where they can come together and think about those things and plan. That's the genesis of the Hauser Academy.
1: When I was brought on, I had never heard of the Highlander School. I found it really interesting when I started to learn about it. And I, I imagine most people hadn't. And I think it's—I think that's part of the plan, is that it was intended to be not a super visible entity, but that its impact is very visible.
0: Give me a simple definition of the Hauser Academy. Who, who are the participants and what are the issues that it takes on?
1: This year we're focused on tenants rights. So what we've done is we've brought together tenants, tenant organizers and tenant leaders from around Texas. We've got some in pretty much every major city. We've got some from San Antonio, from Austin, from Houston, from Dallas. We've got one from Panhandle. What they're working towards is their, their common goals. It's taking the, the work they were doing on a local level and tying it to a larger struggle about tenants' rights, which in Texas are pretty lacking. When you compare Texas to other states, it's, it's pretty bare in terms of what rights tenants legally have. That's their focus, uh, and it's what we're building towards, is how do we connect the work that they're doing individually, locally, to a wider systemic change for tenants in Texas?
0: Riley, you've taught public school. Um, the pedagogy of the Hauser Academy is really predicated on a principle that isn't, that experts pour knowledge into people from the outside, but it's really that the educational process is really about people having a, a place to think about these issues and to talk about experiences and then to shape where they want to go based on those experiences. As a public school teacher, I know you've been thinking about this. How is it different than how most people conceive education?
1: Part of it is critical thinking, which is not um, how a, a lot of people view education. A lot of people view education as just these discrete facts that are given, and then you You have those facts and then you move on from there, which is not I mean, I touched social studies, which to me was all about memorizing facts and dates is irrelevant in social studies. I think it with with a usable knowledge of social studies, I think it's more about taking in these stories from history and thinking critically, applying them to the world today and drawing those lines and saying, what does this mean going forward? So I think there's a lot of overlap there with the Hauser Academy. We have online courses that give some basic knowledge about the the legal landscape in Texas for tenants and things like that, things that are very clear, but the, the heart of the education is then building upon that with collaboration and discussion with our monthly meetings, which is, uh, us posing questions to them to get our Hauser Academy fellows thinking about how do we change things? That's, that's the biggest, that's what it all keeps coming back to. The theme that we go around a lot with the Hauser Academy is the people here want to change things. They've have a pretty well-proven ability to uh, mobilize people and, and affect change locally. So the education aspect is them coming together and bouncing off each other about how do we build towards something bigger.
0: Riley, you mentioned that there's been a previous class. The current class is, is tenants in Texas and people who've been leaders at their individual apartment project, or maybe they've been working locally in their city on tenant rights issues to deal with the the massive inequality that exists in state law between landlords and tenants. In Texas, landlords have all the rights and tenants have very few. And that's, in essence, one of the major issues that the tenants that we're working with this year have discussed. I want to point out that last year, the Hauser Academy class was neighborhood activists, people who were working on issues of environmental justice or environmental injustice, people who were working on gentrification and other issues like that. Give us a little portrait of who the fellows this year are. You mentioned they come from pretty much around the state, but kind of what's some of their experience that they come into the academy with?
1: Almost all of them have a history of tenant work and the ones that don't were added because they're very interested in starting it in areas that need it. I think they're the ones that benefit the most from our uh, our courses because they're really they're coming in pretty new, but but with a lot of energy. We have fellows from organizations that we work with, so Basta in Austin, the Texas Tenant Union, and the Texas Organizing Project. Most of our most of our fellows this year are associated with one of those three organizations, but not all. They all have a variety of history of working towards uh, tenants' rights. The fellows that come from TOP, Texas Organizing Project, they have a kind of a larger scale uh, campaign background, r- working on these campaigns that, that the Texas Organizing Project has been working on. And then we have several who have successfully organized uh, in their complexes directly where they live those are the Basa fellows and the texas Tenant union fellows they've fought for better living conditions in their apartments about getting repairs made by landlords they've fought against i mean so much came up during covid that you know landlords many landlords had Use that as anything else as an excuse to increase exploitation and and deal in some shady practices. And they did a lot of work there in fighting to prevent, you know, educating their neighbors about not being not about going through the actual eviction process and not allowing the landlords to just force them out. So we have a good amount of experience among the fellows for working at their local levels to fight against landlord power.
0: I think it's important to, to mention again that this is kind of unique in that there are a number of different groups in different parts of the state that have worked to support tenants more locally. The Texas Tenant Union works statewide. They've been around for a long time. They're a fabulous organization. BASTA is in Austin and they've done some amazing things about organizing tenants where the properties have just become horribly unlivable and the landlords haven't responded and trying to get justice for that and organize people around mobile home parks and the like. And then, as you said, the Texas Organizing Project, just two weeks ago, they won a huge victory in a campaign in Houston. City of Houston, the fourth largest city in the United States, had only one housing inspector so if you were a tenant and you wanted to complain and about the conditions in your property, you could call the city of Houston and try to get that one inspector for that massive city to come out and look at it. And they, they worked with the city council and got the city to hire more inspectors so that slum properties don't just stay slum properties forever, but somebody comes out and enforces building codes. But anyway. Those three organizations and Texas Housers, we've also worked with tenants on our own, have basically come together to share expertise and coordinate, to share the knowledge, to build the course material that provides the factual information that tenants need as they think about the strategies that they're gonna undertake. So this is a kind of a coordinated effort. Could you talk a little bit about what the what this looks like from the perspective of the participants? We call the participants in the Hauser Academy Hauser Fellows. What do they do over the course of this project? How long is it? What do they do every month?
1: This program lasts until the end of the year, and we started in March, so it's going to run for about 10 months. In that time, every month, uh, Fellows have online courses between meetings for them to do, which are, you know, these are the facts, the basic knowledge to build on. Um, And then we have our monthly meetings, which most have been virtual, but we last month had our first in-person meeting in Austin, which was great. It was a great experience getting to see everybody in person. We met over a couple days there. So we had a lot of good discussion. For the fellows there, they work on these courses between meetings. They come to the meetings where they ap- apply what they've learned. And then they also have good discussion about what they want to do going forward, where they see this group going. That's a lot of what we talk about in the meetings. And then in between meetings, we also will generally have something else to be worked on. So for example, right now we're, setting them up to get in contact with their state representatives and senators to talk to them about housing issues, make themselves known, and really start getting these legislators thinking about making sure they know it's important to be working towards tenants' rights, that they represent tenants, that no matter where they are in Texas, these legislators have a large amount of tenants as their constituents, and that they need to be thinking about tenants' rights so we're we're helping them because i mean for for a lot of people they've never had that kind of contact with their representatives but they're ultimately going to be going in and telling their stories because that's that's one of the more powerful ways of getting legislators to think about issues is you telling them your stories
0: i want to stress again this is not just about a curriculum this is about a group of people coming together to develop a leadership plan on how the issue of tenant rights are going to be advanced statewide in Texas, impacting the legislature or impacting their local cities or even impacting the individual apartment projects where folks live. But there has been, up until this point, not much of a coordinated leadership effort in this state on the part of tenants. The the landlord lobby, the Texas Apartment Association, is one of the most overrepresented, aggressive lobby and campaign contributors in the state at the state legislature. And their level of organizing and their level of impact really dwarfs whatever tenants have been able to do up until this point. And so it's been a long time coming that tenants get organized, and it's really exciting to see the potential out there, thinking about 11 million tenants in this state and how far behind they are in, in terms of legal protections compared to landlords and how seldom their voice is really been heard or heeded either at the city hall or at the, the legislature. In the early days of Highlander in, in the early 60s, the grassroots leadership of people coming and participating in a similar process there led to the establishment of freedom schools, which became the central organizing tenet of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. And during Mississippi Freedom Summer, the notion was essentially that folks were concerned about trying to increase the ability to register to vote and to participate politically. Yet, because of literacy tests and other things in southern states, people were blocked uh, from being able to do that. So coming from the grassroots, coming from local community leaders, a solution came to the Highlander Academy group, the meeting of all of the leaders, that maybe they should be a network of freedom schools. They would teach people how to participate in uh, the registration process, what basic literacy uh, skills people needed in order to register to vote. And that, in essence, became a central pillar of the entire civil rights movement. I'm also struck with the fact that Rosa Parks went to Highlander to participate in these same type of meetings in the months before the Montgomery bus boycott. You, You never really know what's going to come out of it, but I have great faith, In the notion that the people will have within themselves the ability to come up with solutions that are the right solutions to be able to address these intractable problems. And so, just as civil rights, I think that I think tenant rights and basically the right to a decent, affordable home and the right not to be discriminated against and the right to have government policies that don't treat people bad, like in disaster recovery, this could go on and on and on. But, you know, the model just seems very right to me.
1: There's two things there that I think, it, yeah, it's important to stress that um, that with bringing together the, the fellows with the Hauser Academy, that the belief is that if we bring these people together with a wide range of experiences, with the energy for changing things, we bring them together and they can work together, that they're going to create something great, that they're gonna be working towards something very important. And it's w- we stress this a lot, is that it's not for us really to decide what that is, what route they're going to take, that's for them to decide. But I think we can serve a good role in being that space for them to come together, for us to serve as a facilitator, as that go-between. Um, because without it, there's not a lot of structures that bring together Organizers like that across the state. The other thing is, is long-term is, you know, this program lasts till the end of the year. But if, if this group only stays together through the end of the year, then I think we've missed an opportunity. The, the goal is that every month we're working towards them, creating a group that is self-sustaining that can keep together, keep pushing you know, still be in contact with us, with Housers, and we can still work with them. But it's it, after this year is up, the, the goal is for them to be able to go on their own and and keep working towards the, the changes that they want to see.
0: Yeah, and, and we're committed to supporting them in the long run. And I know that BASTA and Texas Tenants Union and TOP are all institutionally committed to making sure that their members who are participating in this are committed to it for the long term. I have great faith that this is this is just the start of what will be a, a permanent institutional social change movement that goes on. I, I want to mention one more thing that we've thought a little bit about in the course of the last year, previous year, when we developed a lot of course content in response to what the Hauser Fellows, the participants in the Hauser Academy, ask us to help them understand better. And so we developed a lot of these online courses about issues that were important uh, to them, things like understanding the racial wealth gap, issues like the sources of gentrification and the strategies which have been effective in addressing gentrification, issues about the rights of residents of government-subsidized housing, and a whole lot of other courses. I think we developed more than 40 online courses in the course of the last year, and now you're busy working with the fellows themselves to create additional courses focused on tenant rights and tenant organizing and the like. In the long run, we really think that that the course information we're developing is something that we're going to create an ability for others to be able to access and to learn from. So I think we're not ready to announce it yet, but in the course of the next uh, six months or so, we hope that on our website at texashousers.org, we will have these online courses. So if you want to know housing policy 101, how low-income housing tax credits work, what the issues are around opportunity zones, how to think of the racial wealth gap. You know, if, the, this whole housing area is so complex. And one of the reasons that I think that real folks who ought to be at the table when public policies are created around these programs, one of the reasons why people aren't at the table is this process has been made very difficult to understand, very complex. And I think our goal has been in creating these courses to try to get bite-sized pieces of information for people to be able to get their head around the public's role in policy making around affordable housing, around tenant rights, around neighborhood integrity and anti-gentrification and all of that type of stuff. So I know you and I are going to be working on this. We've thought about... We can't reproduce the whole experience of this intimate, uh, long-term relationship, the Highlander School sort of approach to creating social change. But we can still make that information available on the website for others who wanna, who want to get their heads around it.
1: Yeah, with the fellows, one of the main recurring things we've talked about that what they've identified as problems is tenants not just not knowing what their rights are, what their what their landlords can and can't do, what they're able to do in response, just that lack of information. So just us putting that info out for the public alone would, I think would make a huge difference for people to see. Like I I got, I got this notice on my door. My landlord says I have three days to move out. Do I really just, do I have to move out in three days? If, If there's an easy resource, a very accessible, understandable resource for that, then I think that, that sort of thing goes a long way and i think i really like the potential of if we keep building i think we have 60 something courses online right now once we start making those public and we can keep building keep creating new ones we can really cover anything that tenants or housing advocates want to see want to learn about in a very accessible way i really like the potential of that
0: yeah Yeah, well, hopefully in the next few months, we'll get uh, the time to begin to get those out there on the website. And if you're a tenant and you're listening to this, and you're really interested in getting involved in this type of work, feel free to drop us a note at staff at texashousing.org. And we can put you in touch with the local organizations who are supporting tenants to get active. And maybe in the long run, maybe next year or so, you'll be interested in adding your name and joining to the work that this pioneering group of tenant activists are starting this year. Well, thanks, Riley, for taking the talk about this. Thanks for all your work and your dedication to this and your great skills as an educator and your very progressive approach to education from the bottom up. That's it for this edition of A Little Louder. We'll be back in the coming weeks with more episodes. And for now, our friend J.T. Hirschmack will take us out with our theme song.